also brought to you by the Boatyard in Fort Lauderdale. Eat local, but stay coastal at the Boatyard Restaurant. The Boatyard is located at 1555 Southeast 17th Street in Fort Lauderdale. That means you can come by boat or you can come by car. Enjoy the nautical atmosphere whether you sit inside in the cold AC or outside on the patio bar. The Boatyard has something for everyone. Monday through Friday, happy hour. Where local favorite is bar bites and handcrafted cocktails. Open for lunch, dinner, and the popular Sunday brunch. And don't forget, ladies night. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. where ladies drink free. Dock and dine at the famous Boatyard in Fort Lauderdale. I am sure you'll have a great experience. Clear the airways. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. Well, I woke up this morning. It was drizzling and rain. It was a hot, humid day. I was feeling no pain. Bo-cast up in the beer on ice. We're gonna go see at the mud at all running tonight. Yeah, we take a cast net out and we shake it all about and we throw it to the left and chunk it to the right and we're gonna get ourselves a dozen so we can do that hog leg boogie. And hog leg we trust is what we say when we head out on the water. Day after day, trolling lines past the favorite spots, but we seem to get cooted a lot. Yeah, we take our cash net out and we shake it all about and we throw it to the left and we chunk it to the right and we're gonna get ourselves a dozen. We can do that hog leg boogie. Yeah, getting as much water time as we can afford. Don't care what the wife says, I'm hitting the door. The salt in the air and the sun in my face, it makes me seem like I'm not out of place. Yeah, we take a cast net out and we shake it all about and we throw it to the left and choke it to the right and we're gonna get ourselves a dozen. We can do that hog leg boogie. Boogie, 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 boogie. Brand Hold new it. jam. Run that dog. That's the big Bursa Man Bursa in the Lunker Dog Studios tonight, busting out with his brand new jam straight out of the Honky Tonk Garage, and that one's called the Hog Leg Boogie. Original style, bro. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I know it. Uh, I got fired up a couple weeks ago and just uh, broke that one out. It's been a while since I wrote a jam. Got to be in the right frame of mind to write songs. Dude, writing is like hard shit it is it is you know and um i don't know when you busted out years ago with the original uh, barnacle music the big bursa man jams right, and all right. that stuff that was like one of the best times of my life like that period right right and each one of those songs you know being original being something that we made basically at the old shark bite bar right the old house right and if you guys don't know what the hell we're talking about that's cool because um <laughs> You go way back for some of that stuff. I mean, it's been a lot of years now. Dude, that was 14 years ago. Wow. That was before Victoria Rose. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, that's that's a long time ago. Yeah, and um, for the the part of the audience that um, isn't that familiar with the big Bursa Man Bursa, first of all, where the hell you been? Second of all, (laughs) um, Bursa and I have been hanging, I mean, consistently for close to 20 years now. Yep. And... um, 
Bruce has always been inspired by music, and um, he's got some fresh new guitars, and uh, he's got a new recording studio they call the Honky Tonk Garage. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, the garage's come along. Um, you know, I'm building it out to be basically my little honky tonk. Um, I, got, I love my country music. I get up there to Nashville a lot, and uh, there's no honky tonks down here. I mean, I have a dream of maybe opening my own honky tonk bar down here. Really? I'm um, curious about the amount of talent that's down here. If there's enough to play, you know, four or five nights a week. Mm. Um, I get mixed reviews when I talk to our, you know, like guys that play around town, um, and even if uh, like a uh, a honky tonk would make it down here, but I think that it's original for this area, and I think that it's a possibility. Um, Does it have to be like like you know country honky tonk music? Uh, well, I mean, I think you could probably get like a you know, like because the guy that comes to mind is uh, Kilmo, Carl. Carl. Kilmo. He played it. He played at Lunker Con this year. He used oh, to play okay, at yeah, JC's yeah. while we were there okay. with the Shack Daddies. Right. And I mean, that dude could play just about anything. Okay. He's one of those super pros. Right. But, like, if you had a guy like him and a local, right? Um, we met him, Nicole and I met him towing him in one night. Really? He was stuck in the ICW. Me and the girl were on the way to Southport. We're going to do a few beers and hang out a little bit. Right. And we're on our way, you know, right past the 15th Street boat ramp. And Carl from Kilmo and the Killers, or the Shack Daddies at that time, <laughs> um, was stuck in his boat. And we pulled over and helped him out and towed him back to the boat ramp. Okay. So Homeboy says to me, dude. I'd love to come play at your bar for free because, you know, we were telling him about the bar and all right. that. And he did. And um, JC's. Yeah. OK. And um, it was a big night at the bar. Everybody loved it. So the Shack Daddies came down there and busted out some really like original style grooves. And um, we had him at the bar for about two years straight. Oh, wow. And it was a great. It was a he was great. And anyway, he's original. He's from he's from. Uh, uh, Hollywood, I think, but he lives right there next to you now, um, okay. just over there on the North Broward side. But anyway, I was just thinking about guys like him would love to come in um, to a place like that and just be able to, you know, bust out some jams or whatever. Well, that's a dream. I mean, I think I'm going to start in the garage here and then branch off. I mean, uh, I'm going to have start having jam nights at the house. Uh, I'm trying to get, uh, I got Lamont over there playing bass. He's actually, <laughs> he's pretty good. Like, together we sounded great. So, uh, and I'm working on a drummer. I'm trying to put the whole band together. You're putting the band together. Putting the band together. I mean, it's time. <laughs> well, um, the episode I wanted to do with you tonight, Scott, yeah. um, I'm doing this new series on okay. the Abacos. Oh, Abacos, yeah? Uh, you know, I got this relief um, I got this relief program going on for uh, DL Construction over there. Oh, yeah? Definitely. And the way I look at it is... Um, um, there's been plenty of aid going over to the Abacos, but most of it's been, you know, food, water, generators, you know, things like that, you know, like short-term relief, but real relief, stuff that they needed, you know? Sure. Yeah, yeah. But now, you know, now they're getting that stuff. But what I'm afraid of is I'm afraid that um, as the rebuilding starts... And the way I look at it is these insurance companies are going to come in. Right. And you know, they have a mortgage system over there. Most of the places, especially the people that got dough over there, they have their places insured. Right. So eventually they're going to come in and they're going to have all these, you know, adjusters out there. And they're going to start paying out um, to get that construction work done. And what I'm afraid of is I'm afraid that because the Abaconians that got totally demolished by the storm displaced too right kicked out of there right they're not in a position 
to build. So DL Construction, which is Darren Lightborn's company, um, he's got about 20 guys that were working for him before the storm. They had trucks and they had all the tools and equipment wow. and they were putting together stuff and then they got totally wiped out. Instead of guys like him doing the work because they can't because right. they were totally, you know, they got nothing left. I mean, yeah, they yeah. got totally ripped off from everything they possibly had, and um, they're not going to be able to do the work if the insurance company even wanted to pay them. So this is what I like. Uh, I'm calling it phase two of the relief. Okay. Because if the Bahamians or the Abaconians especially aren't in position to help themselves, if they can't help themselves, then they're going to import people in. Right. To do the work, which isn't going to do a whole lot for the well, economy. You got to get the local Bohemians back there, right? <laughs> like they, it's where they live, right? Right. And right. but um, but the whole episode's not on the relief effort. Okay. These episodes are about the great times that we spent in the Abacos and doing our thing in the Abacos because so many Americans, you know, chose to spend their extra money, time, right, and energy there. to be over there. Right, it's right there. It's, I mean, right. literally and, next door. Right, and if you did do that, um, you know, you got to know some of the Abaconian people, and you realized what a different place that it is. Okay. And I think it means a little bit um, to every single person that ever spent some time there. Sure. And uh, Bursa and I, um, 17 years ago when I got married, uh, oh, yeah. wow. we did our own little excursion <laughs> to the... Uh, to the Bahamas. Yeah, that was fantastic. And um, that was, you know, that was one of the best boat deals I ever did. Really? Well, the way the, the way the, remember we got the salt shaker? Yeah, yeah. So I sold the salt shaker, which is our demo boat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was the boat we had at all the boat shows or whatever. And once a year I would sell that. And I sold it to Alex and Rob. Right. But the part of the deal was, is I would sell it to them at a specific price. But we were going to be able to use it to do our Abaco excursion. And um, it was part of the negotiations. They didn't actually even get to take, they didn't even get to take um, possession of the boat till after that trip, if you remember. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so anyway. Um, no, that was, uh, that was phenomenal. I mean, that was like a two-week trip when you got married over there. We, uh, we loaded up on the 30-foot center console, towing the 17-foot Carolina skiff. Right. And we went over there, checked in West End, and then we went to just north of Grand Bahama there in the, in the middle of nowhere where we saw nobody. And, like, and nobody. <laughs> there was nobody. And we pulled around there for two days. That's right. Catching bonefish. That was phenomenal. That was, I mean, that, for us it was. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that. We'll get into that, too, because Burson and I were not alone. I brought one of my cousins and fishing buddies with me, and we also brought uh, the famous peanut farmer, Darren Jenkins, with us. Yep. And let's just say we, uh, me and Bursa were on one page, <laughs> and they were on another page. Well, that was right in our bones, the fishing spurt. Like, when we really were hitting hard Biscayne Bay, and we were on the bonefish high, and we, well, it's just like the next step was getting over there and not touching land for days. <laughs> So what are you saying, that our focus was a little bit different than Eric's and, <laughs> uh, yeah, and Darren's focus? I, I, I think you're absolutely 100% Plus, correct. we were exactly on a yacht. We were roughing it on a center console for two days. And I actually slept on the Carolina skiff. It, it, so. it's a, explain that. Talk about that a little bit and the storms and everything oh, that was man, going on. Oh, man, the storms on. would roll through there. It just It's kind of like the Everglades. Like It's an ecosystem that produces weather, and it, these storms would roll in. You're like, holy shit, look at 
and lightning all around us, and we just had to sit there. <laughs> Dude, it was a part of the experience, right? right? No, it was. <laughs> so Bursa and I are sitting there, and we're on the boat, and uh, the storms are rolling in, and we're hunkering down <laughs> for the night, and we couldn't be more excited. And the more excited that Bursa and I got, let's just say the less excited that Eric and Darren, Darren got. <laughs> and yeah. um, we weren't we weren't leaving. <laughs> well, we remember we wanted to extend it a day, and they were like, "Whoa!" <laughs> they couldn't handle roughing it for another day. Uh, that was good, but then we went to that other spot and roughed it anyways. I mean, well, eating I, jacks and cooters. Yeah, that was cool. No, roughing it. Um, Roughing it for three days. And let me, th- let me explain exactly where we were because we were in the middle of nowhere. When you, when you cross the Gulf Stream, you go over and you check in at uh, West End, which is at the west tip of Grand Bahama Island. Right. And especially, you know, it was 17, 18 years ago. Sure. It wasn't like, um, it wasn't like there was like a ton of people doing that trip like today. No. I mean, not even close. And then where we went, we went as far behind... Um, to the north side We went around to the north side But we tucked kind of like behind Abaco And in front of Grand Bahama Out of the way Where we were behind some islands And even if boats did go by They would have no clue that we were there no, no, we And didn't. we had no clue that they were there Because we were, I mean, literally 30 miles off What the, you would call the path The beaten path, yeah Right Right. No, it was it was definitely out of the way, and it was trip of lifetime to be bone fishing. I mean, that was right. And at the at the time, you know, we were much younger, and we were a little bit more hardcore, and we didn't exactly pack, especially <laughs> like food and stuff, the way we probably should have. So um, during the day, we were bone fishing. You know, we catch a small barracuda, a jack, anything that wasn't um, a bonefish was edible. <laughs> And we ate everything, dude. Right. No, well, you got to try it. Yeah. So we would uh, we'd make a little fire. Um, we had like a propane. And a, uh, a grill or something I brought. Yeah. And we'd make a little fire and do a little barbecue and eat what we could. And then as soon as you could see in the morning. Yep. We'd get out there. We'd get out there and Because pull. you were on the flat. We woke up on the flat. Exactly. It's phenomenal. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Exactly. Exactly. And... Um, so we spend uh, we spend a uh, couple three nights yep. behind Grand Bahama just doing some bone fishing, and then we get back in the boat, and uh, we roll down past Treasure Key to uh, Hopetown. Yep. And when we get to Hopetown, um, well, that's when the rest of the party. Well, everybody else was already there. Right. Like that was going. It was a destination wedding, and like all your family and friends and everybody was coming in. And then we rolled up. It's like they were waiting for us. <laughs> well, we were day and a half late. Right. We were day and a half late. And um, back then, we didn't have cell phones. Right, right. See, fools today, fools today don't even get the whole not having a phone thing. Right. No, it's uh, unplugged. Right. Right. And back then, um, my wife, out of all the people, you'd think she'd be like the most worried that we were day and a half late. Nobody heard from us or whatever. She was like... Oh, it's kind of like normal. <laughs> you know, Jeff will go out through the, through the Bahamas. I want to hear from him. And, you know, if he gets back, you know, if a week goes by, she might get nervous. Right. <laughs> but nobody else, nobody else was used to that crap, including Darren's wife. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Eric's wife. Because they were all over there, yeah. Right. Everybody was there waiting. Well, we'll be there on Wednesday. And Wednesday came and went. And then Thursday kind of came <laughs> and went. And we rolled in there Thursday evening. Right. And um, let's just say not only was... Um, 
the people there in Hopetown are already relieved. But I think Darren and Eric were pretty damn relieved also. <laughs> and the only two people that weren't so high on it was Bursar and I. We kind of well, wanted to push it for another day. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we did get a lot of uh, bone fishing there at the off of uh, Hopetown there when we went back to the Big Island, I think. Dude, we did, well, we did what uh, what we were preaching back then, bone fishing Marlin. And Marlin, yeah. No, it, uh, those were good days. Those are great days. I got my bonefish. I got my my marlin. I mean, I got a lot of important. I got the huge perm. Checked a lot of boxes back then. Yeah, those were the days. You know, um, Busaka is, like, just so jealous. <laughs> of what? Of uh, the old stories about you and us, <laughs> you and me fishing on the flats. And he right. didn't do not a minute goes by. When I'm hanging out with Busaka, he's not asking me, so how many trips did you and Bursa actually do? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I can't even count the trips. All I can tell you is we went four or five times a week for, you know, two years or something like that. Right. And, um, you know, he's trying to be bonefish Busaka now. Right, right. No, it's, he's got, he's hooked. You get, you get out there. It's, it's my favorite fishing there is. And I see the appeal of someone that is into fishing. They get out there and they pull around. I mean, you get one of those things on an old eight pound, 10 pound, or even on a fly. Dude, there's nothing better. Dude, even if you just get a chance to see a school swim by the front of the boat. What's just pulling out there, man? It's just, you're unplugged from the world, and you're just, it's quiet, and you're, and then once you see that shadow, you're like, holy shit, your heart starts beating. It's like instant intensity. Right. It's like, right. Uh, you know, it's sight fishing. Like, it's not like sitting back trolling and waiting for a drag to start right. spinning off. No, it's totally different. It's um, it's hunting. And it and it totally intrigues Busaka. Really? No, yeah. he he uh, emailed me a picture of his bonefish. He's like, "Oh man, I got it!" And he's all fired he's up and proud. He's like, "I was kept singing send your bonefish on the flat all day long." <laughs> like, dude, barnacle music grows on you, bro. Barnacle music <laughs> does grow on you. So now, now that was your first experience in the Abacos. Uh, yeah, me and Darren did a trip to Bimini on my old 21-foot T-Craft. Remember that thing? I do remember with the, that. With this split, cracked lower unit on that old Mercury. No, that was class. And me and Darren went over there. But for the Abacos, uh, yeah, that was my first trip over there. My brother bought a house not too long after that, year or so. And, uh, I mean, it's a great spot over there, but it, the house is gone now. My brother's the, house. The house on Guan. Yeah, it got blown away. It, uh, I don't know. Tornadoes hit it. I don't know what it, it really it gets got smashed. I got saw smashed. the pictures. Yeah, the pictures are amazing. So the damage that was done. So Bursa's brother um, bought a house on Guanaki, and it was a beautiful little house. And the view, little cottage. Yeah, unbelievable view. Just right on the ocean, up on a dune, about 200 yards south of Nippers, so you could stumble down a Nippers, stumble back, and whoa, and it was <laughs> which I did. <laughs> and uh he's like three acres it's like paradise right and it's uh got destroyed it's totally gone. gone gone totally gone yeah um but that's island life you know like whatever we gotta we gotta do what we can to help uh rebuild and uh you know my brother will rebuild but we need we need a grocery store back we need uh hardware store. hardware store we need all these other things ferry system right you, you can't just go over there and tent yeah no see, like i think that's the hardest thing you know, the hardest thing for people that haven't spent time over there is it's really hard, really hard to understand how segregated and isolated each one of the islands actually is. Right. Like we think about, OK, we're going to get some plywood 
and uh, you know some fuel. You got to get a case of beer. That's like and a two-day event, right? That's like a two-day event together. All that shit. Right. When everything is good. Right. Everything goes right. Yeah. Right. When everything is good. And at any time you could show up to uh, Marsh Harbor, Treasure Key, one of the places where you think you're going to get all the supplies that you want, right. and they got maybe half of it or none, and um, you just deal with it. You just roll with it. But what people don't understand is trying to put the communities back together after the devastation that they've, you know, had. Well, they shipped everybody out from what I understand, like the majority of people, like the Bohemians need to come back to their islands. Like, well, that's, that was a, at the first part of the process with Darren, um, originally we thought we were going to raise some money and bring them here to the States. Okay. And let him hang out here for you. I think he was legally allowed to come for three months, okay. you know, without any special paperwork or whatever. And we were going to have, uh, you know, get him a little apartment or something, get him something here in the States to kind of regroup, get over the dra- the trauma. Right. You know, imagine, imagine like not just your house getting demolished. Can you imagine your whole community, your yeah, whole island, basically. Here one day, gone the next. Right. Like. So we thought it would be a good idea for them to come here. And uh, spend a little time until things got back to at least where there was some sort of process going on over there. Right. Moving forward somehow. But they got they got um, sent from Cooperstown to Nassau because of the quarantine issues. So the government was evacuating a lot of the people where Darren lived and putting him in Nassau. So rather than him sit in Nassau, we thought he'd come here. Um, once they lifted the quarantine, um, he went back. He actually, him and his wife just decided that they were going to bite the bullet, go back to Cooperstown, and because their house is gone or just flooded or their house was their house was damaged. Okay. But their house was rebuildable. Okay. And they were able to rebuild it and get it back to a livable condition. Okay. So that was phase one. Sure, and that's you got to get back to live where you live. Sure. Right. So. They decided that they just didn't have the heart to sit back here and wait. Yeah, they decided to jump useless. in with both. Yeah, j- jump in with both feet and go back to Cooperstown. So they're there. The issue now, of course, is Darren's construction company is totally gone. All his equipment, everything. Yeah, he had uh, multiple trucks. You know, all the saws. They had these roofing machines because roofing's a big deal over there, where they do these metal roofs, and they were. Um, they really had a good process, you know, a good building process that's basically destroyed now. So um, this next phase, um, we're raising money to help Darren and DL Construction get that equipment back so when the insurance companies start to pay out, He's they're ready. in a position to help rebuild the community. Right. No, and no. once we get Darren up and going, we're going to find the next Bahamian family that um, maybe they own the hardware store. Right, right, right. You know? But we're going to try to focus on the Bahamians that can actually get the community um, moving again. Moving again, sure. you know, like no, yeah. that's uh, that's what you need. That's a, that's a good idea. Well, that's that, that's the point. I mean, it beats just throwing money at some website over here. Like you're actually boots on the ground, kind of helping an individual succeed, and then they'll help other people, and then you help the next guy. And right, like you're, it's no right. guessing. You get to see your fruit of your. Well, you know that the, the, the production is going to happen. Right. You know, you're going to watch it. You're going to say, hey, this kid got a truck. Now he can go right. and pick up the other stuff that we sent to him. 
you know, you don't realize. Well, it's the time to grow. I mean, uh, you started a disaster area like that, and you'll be, that could be great for Darren. Yeah. Like, well, I think, you know, I think that's what the community is going to need. They and need I, leaders I, to come in there and work. And I think run crews, work. Uh, yeah. And I think, you know, speed is going to be the hardest thing. Without guys like Darren up and going, um, it's just going to be that much slower. Right. The faster that. No, you got you to get a line. Like, when does your house get rebuilt? This year? Next year? Five years? <coughs> like, well, everything it, needs to be rebuilt. Right. Or, or if somebody else comes in to do the rebuilding, you, the poor guy's going to sit there and, and wait <laughs> to watch somebody else rebuild something that he could have built. Right. Right now, it's, yeah. it's his island. It's where he's from. I mean, like guys like that, people like that should be back to their home. I mean, if they blew my house away and I was lived over there, I'd, I'd get a tent. I'd be back. Get ready. Get in a nicer tent and get an AC plugged in, a generator, and I'd start rebuilding. Like, we need to get, it's going to be a long, slow process, but no, it's start slow. moving and, in that direction. And expensive. Yeah. Expensive. People don't realize how expensive it is to get stuff to. already too. expensive, right. Yeah. Right. The shipping and the, the coordination. Duty, they still got duty on everything? No, they get there? a lift. They lift the duty. Um, they lift the duty for right now um, so people can help. But, like, for instance, now, if we had, if we had, if we had all the dough already raised. Okay. And I went out there and I spent all the dough and I put all this equipment in a container. Right. And sent it over to Darren. Would you ever get it? <laughs> well, you don't have a truck to get it. So first, I gotta get. We gotta, gotta get, get him a truck. truck. And once he gets a truck, and you know, just like what, truck and a trailer. Right. What? What can? What can a, what can a construction site do here? Right. No, you without need a, a pickup truck, truck. You need a truck and a trailer, and then you can start hauling. Oh, you can start moving. Right. You hauling, then you can start for getting some tools, because debris's got to be moved. <laughs> Like, oh, dude, all sorts of stuff. I, you could do. You can make money with a trailer and a, and a and a truck over there. Just start hauling debris. I mean, what are you gonna do with this stuff? Burn it over there? Like, how do they get rid of all that? Like, they, that's a lot of debris. They're gonna be burning shit. They're gonna. <laughs> they're putting stuff on big barges and shipping it out of there. But like, I mean, dude, what? it's monumental. Yeah, and it's just it's something that unless you're familiar with the Bahamas or spend a lot of time there, you just get, you don't you don't get. Right. It doesn't make sense because it's so different. Right now, and right. it's hard especially to... with every little island is like a different location community. Like the big island is all together and does what they do, but every little island struggles. <laughs> well, that mean you know, like we got counties over here, right? And we cross the county line at our leisure whenever the heck you like. Right. You know, over there they got water. Right. So if you want to go from Cooperstown to Green Turtle, which is right across the bay, right. With supplies, <laughs> right? But you need a barge. You right. need like a transport boat, or exactly just to just to do it, right? You know, and you know, it's it's just it's just the thing, but the the uh, the Hope Town. Now I heard that that place pretty much got destroyed for the most part, yeah, and cool. Jamie Huff has been over there, and Skipper Gentry's been over there, and. Um, they're getting, you know, they're, they're making small strides. They're helping. Okay. But that's where everything happened the week that Bursa and I went and spent the time. And, uh. Yeah. No, that was, uh, all that's been tore up pretty good from that, that adventure. So it, uh, but yeah, that was a fantastic trip. We've done a lot of good trips. Costa Rica, we did Panama and the Bahamas were like, those are epic trips. Those were epic trips. Of a lifetime. I mean, like. Dude, 
I, I, I tell this story all the time. Um, when I got married there in Hopetown, that little church, yep. I caught a wave yeah. down the beach from the church <laughs> literally 15 minutes before I walked down the aisle. Well, we were bone fishing before that. And we, right. and we didn't get in until we bone fished in the five morning. o'clock wedding. We got back at, you know, 345 or something, five o'clock, four right. o'clock. And we bone fished the day of the wedding. Then right before the wedding, I ran down the beach. You and took I, off. And That's I how you go. I'm like, where do you go? I, yeah. They, well, everybody's getting ready for the wedding and stuff. And, God, we had like 100 people over there. There was waves that day, too? Not really. But there was a wave <laughs> breaking on that one little rock over there. And I was like, I'm going to run down there. I'm going to catch a wave real quick. And I caught a wave and then hauled ass back to the room to put on my freaking fancy clothes so I could go get married. Was that planned or you just did that spontaneously? Have you been thinking about that? No, I wasn't thinking about that. I was a little nervous. Nervous, yeah, no, I you can know, tell you were. I didn't want to like hang around the, you know, the front of the friggin' right. yeah. you know, church there and talk to all the relatives and stuff while I was nervous. And then That's a good plan. Yeah, I was like, well, dude, there's a nice little wave breaking over there. Right. So Catch it, bonefish in the morning, <laughs> wave before the wedding, and a blue marlin the day before. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. And everything that I ever wanted all happened, at right least there. ever wanted at that time in my life, right. happened in one day. Bonefish, marlin, being in the Abacos. Wait, with a catching a wave. And Nicole. And marrying Nicole. Now, Nicole's your uh, best catch ever. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, Dude, she's... Uh, She's way better than any other f- trophy fish you got. <laughs> Nicole's a trophy all on her own. She's yeah. a phenomenal woman. Yeah, and um, think about that. All that happened in a 24-hour time yeah. period in one of the most special places in the world. Yeah, no, that, the stars aligned for you on that one. Dude, I love you, it. You'd be tough to plan that no, you <laughs> and pull it off. You know, like, yeah, yeah, it I worked. Did. That was a um, microcosm of life back then. Well, yeah, life was different then. You know, we didn't have kids. Fishing was all we thought about. I mean, literally. <laughs> yeah. That's all. Yeah. You, know, you know, people people are like, you know, geez, I, you know, how do you get so damn good fishing over the years? There was never a time. We weren't fishing. That we weren't fishing. Yeah. So how the hell could you not get good at it? Well, the, most of these people have jobs. <laughs> like regular jobs. Like me and you never had a job. <laughs> now, that's kind of a poor excuse. It, a it, little bit. You no, know, it, it's true. You get locked. You know, your job consumes you. And when you're not married to a, a day-to-day structure that people have, but, you get to make your own schedule. And, and if your schedule is going to include fishing... It's but but later on, later on after you know the the right. wedding and all that, right. and we're selling the boats and all that, yeah. right? And right. we're brokering the boats, sure. And we're getting work done. Well, yeah, but it's not a job. Most people get jobs. I'm saying where they got to show up. Like we never had to show up anywhere. We did what we had to do, and that's the beauty of paying us. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, if you if you can sell a boat, right, 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 and you can wrap everything up at two thirty in the afternoon and then go fishing for the rest of the afternoon, yeah, yeah it's. If you can do both, then you should do both. Right. But I don't want people to sit back and think that for a second that you can't do both. Now, you might, you know. Uh, I guess. But yeah, I mean, if your priorities are there, you, after work, you go and you fish. No, you said it exactly right. It's all about priorities. That's true. Yeah. And think, that. think about that. Think all the boats and all the work we were doing. And it was almost never an afternoon where I didn't at least go and try to get a tarpon or a big snook. Yeah. 
yeah, and then it, and then God forbid we have like you know morning open because then we were in Black's Point and doing Biscayne Bay, you know. Yeah, you were you were focused back then. I mean, that was all training for running a successful guide business years later. Like, look at this year. How many charges do a year? Three hundred charges a year, though. I think I did like, two hundred seventy-four last year. Jeez, like it's crazy. But that's all from practice. Right, practice. <laughs> Like practice 10,000 hours but I mean there's no, there's, 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 there's no big secret and you're like geez how do you get good just like what how do you get good at football you get the shit kicked yeah. out of you every day yeah, nobody wants to put the time in for anything you know that's true yeah I take a brewski for yeah, sure there you go dude yeah nobody wants to put the time in and nobody <laughs> trying to get the effect. nobody wants to put the time in and there's not enough people drinking brewskis into a podcast Right. Well, we did a lot of Brucey's back in the day. Those were good times back then. Yeah, that was the best so, time of my life. No, we can, but see, we can re recreate that in our own little way right now. Like, we've never lost it. <laughs> You're like, we still got that same you and me in us. Yeah. And we can roll the same way, even though life has changed and other priorities come into life, you know. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I think it was last year or maybe the year before. Right. Some guy from New York gets on my boat, and he goes, whoa, what a life. All you got to worry about is bait. <laughs> that's it? <laughs> and I, I, like, that's exactly what went through my mind. I looked at the guy dead in his face, and I started to say something. I was like, he's never going to get it. No, he and like, what the hell else would I worry right, about? Right. It's always about the bait. Dude, that, right, that's dude. A, but, you it's know, not that, always easy. Right. It, like, he, was so, he, he thought he was being so sarcastic and so funny. And it, right. Dude, you weren't funny. You were right. It's, right. it's about the bait. It is about the bait. So when I get up every day, the first thing I think about is bait. And homeboy was trying to make fun of me for that. Well, he didn't understand. I mean, he, he thinks that's so simple. Like, because he used to buy worms and stuff, get kept the shiners up there in New York. What is it? Where they get up there? Trout no, I reds? think he was like city slicker type. <laughs> oh, was he? Yeah, like, you know, like, you uh, know, had to sell somebody something or something. Ham and egger. <laughs> <laughs> well, he damn sure didn't. Well, he didn't realize... Or appreciate the skill that's needed to catch bait every day. Right. right. Like, what the, he, it's that, a monumental task that I make look easy. Right. That's what separates called. the great from the good. It's like, right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. You start to get my freaking feathers like right. all ruffled here talking about this freaking Yankee that doesn't understand about bait. But yeah, yeah. I mean, life goes on, man. Yeah, no, it does. <laughs> you kind of let that just slide off you. Yeah. Ooh, let me shake that. <laughs> yeah, bait. It's no problem for me. <laughs> like, so, dude, what, talk to me a little bit about your new jam, the Hog Leg Boogie. The Hog Leg Boogie. Yeah, yeah no, I came up with that a few weeks back. Um, you know, I uh, try to co incorporate uh, different aspects of the uh, Lunker life over here into the song, and let's uh, uh, catch a little jam. We should make a. Let me make a video. You know, get like those big Ernst fuckers uh, doing a Hog Leg Boogie and get the. I like that idea. You know, work it all in there, Hog Leg Boogie, and everybody out there and. He knows how to do music videos. Who? Lamont. Yeah. He does all those rappers videos. Yeah, and no, he's... Keisha and all these crazy names. He wants me to bring in. Like, yeah, you know, I did that video, I did that music video for old Keisha there. I'm like, Keisha? I'm like, I don't even know what he's talking no, about. No, he's, he's involved at the... The stories he's got are pretty pretty intense. He's coming over tomorrow to jam. We're going to bring the bass over. He's in, he left the bass over in the house, actually. He's bringing over a drum machine. We need a drummer is what we need. So, uh, did you, did you have a, a drummer in the old days? No, I had Dave. Remember, I remember Dave? You had Dave. Dave was phenomenal. He, he killed me back in the day when he moved. 
Like, explain to the audience, you know, who Dave was. And, Dave St. Pierre. And why he was so special to you. <clears throat> was back before I wrote the jams, actually. I was gutting my old house. And, I, you know, I was trying to play the guitar. And Darren, Peter Farmer's neighbor, said he played a little guitar. He said, yeah, I'll come over and jam. I said, dude, come on over, man. Like, let's just do it. But he had mad skills on his acoustic guitar. He just, he's from Boston, up where they just jammed all the time. Yeah, I was stuck inside. That's what you do. Right. <laughs> But he came over and we just, we just jammed. But he, he'd hear a song, he'd go, okay, I got it. And then he'd play it. And I'd sing. I was just learning to play the guitar. And dude, it was phenomenal. And no one, he, he left. He moved to Seattle. He kind of crushed me. He broke the band up. He broke the band up, you know. And then I just had that nylon string. And I put together the jams after that. But, you know, I don't know. Came and went. Got the kids. So I'm trying to get back into it. Um, and really do so. I mean, I, some people got a dream of making it big in the music business. I got a dream of making it small. Hey. You know? Dude, everybody, you got to follow your dreams. <laughs> right. You got to follow your if dreams. If I could just make it small with the guitar and drum, drummer and bass and get out there and have some fun. Like, that's all it's all about. Dude, I think there's plenty of people that just want to do that also. Right. That would, that would uh, have a good time. <clears throat> I think know? so. It's all about connecting with the right personality and getting a... Uh, you know, getting consistency where you can start playing together and uh Is this gonna be like a, a for profit thing? With the band? I, no, the honky tonk the honky tonk the, the, well not the garage. No. Uh but someday I would love to have an actual bar. I thought about maybe uh bringing some uh honky um country singers, not quite you know, the, the superstars, but there's a whole line of independent artists that are badass and they work their way around the country. I thought about maybe promoting, trying to get them down here, doing a show, uh, trying that out. So what you're trying to say is there's, there's a couple levels of country singers? Oh, dude. And there's like a, like a real guy level? There's a real guy level, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you think you can attract the real guys right. to do some honky tonks. I mean, <laughs> there's a dude, Cody Jenks, out there. If you ain't listening to him, he's phenomenal. And he, he's an independent guy. He just released two albums, right. number one on iTunes, both of them. Really? Little Kim was third behind him. Independent guy. I saw him at Revolution downtown for a lot of that last year. Right. Dude, phenomenal. Best show I've seen in years. Most of the um, most of the new country music that I've learned about in the last 18 months right. has been from your Facebook page. Oh. <laughs> well, like you'll go to a you'll go to a right. concert and you'll post and right. you know yeah I like this jam and then I'll go and I'll listen to it or I like this guy and I'll go and right. I find him. I wouldn't find those people if I wouldn't follow you. Right. Yeah, right. man. Now, the Honky Tonk Garage is my little page I started on Facebook just to kind of get uh, out there playing in front of people a little bit. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's my first step towards the Honky Tonk in town. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but it's a baby step in the direction. And um, we're going to th start throwing some parties at the house and uh, actually maybe hire a couple bands and bring them over to the house. And uh, oh, you're going to yeah, hire some bands. I, I'm going to hire some bands. I got some two piece guys. I got a five piece that's phenomenal. Right. And then maybe have like a uh, band jug where people can throw in when they come over. Nice. Big parties over there. Yeah, so you pay for the band yeah. and you get some booze and right and party equipment. Dude, you know how the, my wife is. That was my, my next, that was my next question. <laughs> that was my next question. Is the wife in on this? Oh, dude, she's beyond in on it. She's uh, she loves her parties. Like on Facebook, she looks like she's having an awfully good time at them country concerts. She does. Stuff. She does. We, we, we try not to miss any. 
Actually, Miranda Farm. You know Chelsea? Remember Chelsea? Of course I remember Chelsea. Miranda Farm. She's got the... Oh, she's a uh, St. Anthony's? Yeah. She's, she's got a crowd, country. She, she's got... At her farm out there is going to have this guy, like a Miami guy, that's country guy. Valedo. Frankie Valedo. Is that Ricky Valedo? Really? On Saturday night. Like, it's her attempt at throwing a country concert um, at her farm. So we're going to go check it out. Really? Yeah. That's phenomenal. Yeah. So come on out. Join us. You got to remind me about that. Okay. I'll send you guys text. I'm the worst. I forget everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't know. Well, yeah, I'm, I forget a lot too. <laughs> That's not age. It's not what? That's not age. Not age? No, I think we took one too many shots to the head and all them years we played football <laughs> and all that. It's the only yeah. thing I could think of. Shots to the head, I shots mean, at the it bar. De it's definitely not the beer. No, no, no. Because no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have lost my memory a long time ago no, if it was the beer. For sure. <laughs> yeah, no, beer, whiskey. So the next time we get together, Bursar, yep. um, let's do it at the Honky Tonk Garage. Okay. And um, maybe you and Lamont bang out some of the best jams for the audience. Okay. And um, I'd love to hear um, you guys together with him playing the bass and okay. you singing and all that. Yeah, no, it's uh, with the bass in there, it really fills the room up with music. Like, it's a big... It's a big deal when you get that second instrument in there. Dude, everybody loves a little bass. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's all about that bass. It's all about a little bass. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in to the uh, Real Guy podcast this week. I hope you, I hope you enjoyed um, listening to Big Bursa Man Bursa. Thanks for having me over. It was a lot of fun always uh, coming over here doing this. I think we're, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not get, I'm not getting away from all the guests on the podcast. Okay. This will be the I think fifty nine or sixty episodes. Okay, wow. That we've uploaded on the Waypoint platform. Congratulations, Th thank you, like thank you. Hurdles fifty, right? Yeah, I don't know. I think they said. I think they said if you're still doing podcasts after your fiftieth episode, the chances of you being around are going to be okay. Because there's know, a lot of podcasts out there and uh, shitloads of podcasts. It's like the new thing. Yeah, but you know, um, I think the more people podcast, right. Tomorrow I'm on a podcast. Well, you got your niche. You're working off your your part land. Yeah, but <laughs> like, no, I think, but you know what I mean. Like the more people podcast, the more I'm on a podcast. Well, I'll, I'll start podcasting. Uh, I want to do it from the honky tonk. Garage. Yeah, let's do one over the garage. We'll do one over there, and it'll be fun. So until next time, thanks for tuning into the uh, Real Guy Podcast, and don't forget. Um, Give us a rating on iTunes. A five-star rating would be great. And um, really appreciate your support and run that dog. Well, I woke up this morning. It was drizzling and rain. It was a hot, humid day. I was feeling no pain. Bo-cast up in the beer on ice. We're going to go see if the mother at all running tonight. Yeah, we take a cast net out and we shake it all about and we throw it to the left and chunk it to the right and we're gonna get ourselves a dozen so we can do that hog leg boogie. And hog leg we trust is what we say when we head out on the water day after day. Trolling lines past our favorite spots but we seem to get cooted a lot. Yeah, we take our cash net out and we shake it all about And we throw it to the left and we chunk it to the right And we're gonna get ourselves a dozen We can do that hog leg boogie
Yeah, getting as much water time as we can afford. Don't care what the wife says, I'm hitting the door. The salt in the air and the sun in my face, it makes me seem like I'm not out of place. Yeah, we take our cast net out and we shake it all about and we throw it to the left and choke it to the right and we're gonna get ourselves a dozen. We can do that whole leg boogie. Boogie, 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 boogie. How good.